thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. So, Jeremy, we move into another racing hour. Not quite back timing yet with just on four hours to go but this is boiling up nicely in the championships and in the race as a whole plenty of decent racing going on here yeah lots of great racing going on here isn't there and uh, the number 31 car certainly has been in uh, control uh, for a little while now but the the gap back to the number zero two car before this latest round of pit stops was uh you know it, it was around about 10 seconds it's now just over two so that's come down uh, quite a bit during that sequence. So number 30, there are, no one's really on this exactly the same uh, pit stop schedule at the moment. Number 31 car is coming in earlier than everybody else, but it's still going to be another a while before it comes in. It's got another uh, 2016 laps or so before we see it. expect to see that car as the first of the leaders onto the pit lane. Uh, the, the gap back to number 10 car uh, has grown quite significantly between the number zero two car and number 10. Before the round of pit stops, it was about four seconds. It's now 16. So it's number zero two car that's been on the charge here. It's pulled away from the number 10 and closed in on number 31. The gap from the six, number 10 to the 60 um, is, yeah, it's around about the same. It's now 17 seconds, which is a little bit more than it was maybe 20 laps ago. Just a, a note from Ian McCarthy. Thank you, Ian, for dropping us a line at IMSA Radio. The dive plane on the left-hand side of the number 60 Acura was uh, knocked awry by Mike Conway uh, as he executed what uh, Ian's called a robust pass when Ollie Jarvis was in the car. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jeremy, are we expecting the Faf Porsche in anytime soon? Uh, they're up on the rope wall as a big sideways moment last time around for AF Corsa and Luis Perez Compact. Well, that was all right. He got his left-hand tyres on the dirt, but he used to do World Rally Championships, so he'll be perfectly au fait with a bit of dab of opposite lock there and keeping his foot in. No, not really expecting any of the uh, GTD Pro cars to be in for, a while, for, for quite a while yet. They can do around about on a stint... Yeah, certainly over 40 laps. It's only been about only lasted around about lap 210. They're only about 16. So they're about halfway through a stint now. I think all of the G, most of the GTD cars, but um, in that category or in, in GTD non-pro, of course, they are still ahead of all the GTD pro cars. Number 70 car Sepria running 18th position overall in the McLaren for Inception Racing. Uh, the gap over the number 96 car is about seven and a half seconds. Uh, the, uh, the, the Inception McLaren took the lead right after the pit stops. It had been trailing the Turner Motorsport BMW. Uh, that gap is extended out to about seven seconds and then had kind of remained there for, for quite a while. The number one car uh, has definitely got a little bit closer to the number 96. Those two BMWs then, Turner Motorsport for number 96, Paul Miller racing for number one. Brian Sellers at the wheel of the Paul Miller racing car at the moment. He's only 10 seconds behind the number 96. And then uh, next up on the road is uh, Mario Farnbacher in number 66 car. The number 32 car is, is once again though, the car that's slipping back during the stint. That's Dirk Mueller. He's down to eighth position 
in that class. And the guy who's moving forward, certainly, it continues to be Phil Ellis. We talked about him about yeah. 10 minutes ago. He's up now into the sixth place in that class behind Jaden Conrad. Really good run by that NT NTE SSR Lamborghini team. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a relatively new team and uh, haven't run all of the races this season. But Jaden Conright uh, really has done a super job at the wheel of that car at the moment. So uh, the, the order in manufacturers in that class, McLaren, BMW, BMW, Acura, Lamborghini, Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes and Porsche. So there's top nine cars remaining on the lead lap in GTD. That's the VP Racing Fuels in race update with Jeremy Shaw. Another warning. Uh, the only warning that the number 96 Turner BMW will get for tyre requirements, which is likely to be under pressure as they went out in pit lane. Got a report as well of debris on the front straight. Um, I'm looking at the flag marshals and I'm not seeing the orange and red flag out there. So that might be a spurious message came out a couple of minutes ago. Certainly not on the starter stand. There's another one about halfway down that I can just about see from here. I have to look over Dave Burns' head through the TV booth for that. No, definitely not being shown there. And nothing down at turn one either. So that might have just been a, a flash message. There's a lot of dust down there, I'll tell you that, because we're grinding out a groove by the starter stand just after the start-finish line and under the Michelin Pilot Family Attires Bridge. I certainly can't see any major bits of car, at least. Jeremy? Yeah, no, the, look, the uh, Earl Bamber once again uh, closing in on the number 31 car of Pipo Durrani. So two Cadillacs out the front and the, uh, the third place car has closed in a little bit over the last few laps. The gap was 16 seconds, three or four laps in a row. It's now down about 14, but the gap certainly between those two Acuras, Ricky Taylor is definitely pulling away from Tom Blomquist. It's Jeremy Shaw and John Heindorf in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea and Nick down in the pit lane at the moment. So just starting to drop down to give us a problem. Ironically, it's almost low enough in the sky to be behind the trees at various parts of the circuit. And we still have that little bit of cloud that's blowing up from the west. And that might help the drivers. Turn five and turn number seven always the issue when you are driving in these cars looking straight into the sun, particularly with the muck and rubbish, the detritus that you get on the windscreen. Need to get Jeremy Shaw a little visor so he, when he's looking into the sun he can see what's going on on the screen. A bit problematic at the moment, I must admit. Yes, like a, a croupier's uh, visor. Here comes the Earl Bamba-driven 0-2. This is a battle for the lead coming down to turn 10 in 10B. If you're down there in that amphitheatre, Pete Durrani is being caught by the New Zealander as they come through 
down through turn 12, crossing the line now. Bamba just a little bit delayed there by the GT cars. It was Paul Miller Racing BMW that uh, he's just gone by. Now they climb the hill. Still a huge amount of fans. Nobody's moved all day today, and why would you? It's been a cracking day. Oh, RV parking on the... Someone else putting a wheel off there. I think that was the NTE Lamborghini there. A little bit more RV parking through the S's I've noticed to stretch further up. The handling pad at uh, the six and seven end is absolutely chocker. And a couple of years ago, there was also some RV parking added to drivers left down the back straight, and that is full as well. It's been a really good turnout, despite the uncertainty about the weather and the potential uh, uncertainty that that gave on people's travel plans. There's been a big crowd turned up today. People were coming in from very early morning. So a good Saturday crowd, perhaps well, a little down, perhaps a little down during the week, Jeremy, but you can understand that with the various reports, all of which were wrong, of course, about the weather. But this morning, there were an awful lot of people coming into the track and deciding to make it. I think once they'd seen the weather forecast yesterday, or possibly even uh, partway through yesterday, to make the trip here to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I came in pretty early this morning and there was certainly a pretty good pretty good queue at the front gate to, to come in and it's been really good to see. I mean, it's just been perfect weather, hasn't it? I mean, today... All week, actually. Well, yeah, all, all I mean, we've been jolly been lucky. Lovely. I mean, you know, the, the, the hurricane could easily have come this yeah, direction. There's no have. question about that. And uh, it was looking pretty grim earlier on, but it is now perfect. And just seeing all these campers here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, it's just, it's just so much fun to see. And it's been a tremendous motor race. Yeah, we've had a few cautions, but um, there's been some tremendous racing. And look how busy the amphitheatre is yeah, at this time brilliant. of the evening. A lot of people yeah. sitting on drivers left there. So the sun's still uh, in their face. Bit of a lot yeah. of coming in for ERA in the number 18, the blue prototype. Uh, They've had some ups and downs today. That's Christian Rasmussen, fifth in LMP2, and a little off the pace of the leading four cars. Three hours and 50 minutes to go, 5-0. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Yeah, that's is that car is that car out again? Which car? Uh, Rasmussen. Uh, yeah, no, it's just coming to the pits now, so yes, it okay. has been. Okay. Yeah. The Christians just come in the pit, and Nick Damon uh, is watching that. Yes, it's, 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 I'm standing on the pit walls. I'm enjoying very much, actually. It's a lovely view. But a lovely view of turn one, all dust being brought up as well. Um, yeah, there's just this, this trundle down the pit lane. This is the car that's, that's going round in the hope that somebody else breaks down. Um, but they uh, just did tyres and uh, fuel there, and they dropped up and away. Um, we're about to get a whole sl slew of uh, LMP3 cars in, I think. So that, that's the next uh, group to come in and... and uh, try their hand at the pit lane but uh, yeah it's a lovely evening it's a really lovely evening the only thing is missing is a little cocktail uh, obviously not whilst you're down on the pit lane but it is that sort of sundowner time isn't it a uh, little off again for Dirk Muller at the Korkhoff Motorsport AMG I can't help thinking that Dirk is uh, fighting a bit of a problem there 
in that number 32. We saw it slow out the turn, uh, yeah. 10A, 10B, and he got it going again. Battle on again in LMP3. Josh Burden has done a really nice job for that uh, Andretti Autosport team. Just doing the long distance races this year, the Aussie. Uh, but he's uh, holding on to that lady's had, or that car, he's had, had battles with everybody, it seems, in this race so far. And it's now being pursued pretty closely by no young Nolan Siegel. Again, in that number 30 car for Junior 3 Motorsport. And uh, he, th th I think that pairs about a minute ahead of Nico Pino in the Sean Creech Motorsports entry. That's car number 33. Kyle Marcelli is a, a lap down in car number 76. And one lap behind him is the number 74 car that is looking for... Um, potentially for uh, Gar Robertson to win the championship uh, and then a lap behind number 74 car is number 54 that currently does lead the championship and uh, if he can stay one position behind number 74 then excuse me the number 54 can stay one position behind the number 74 that'll be enough for Court Autosport to win the championship minute and 10 seconds actually that gap is from junior three back to Nino Pino but you're right Jeremy Nolan Siegel is under a second now behind Josh Burton so we have got a battle again at the head of LMP3 that number 36 the black and white car with the green on that car as well not sure there's anybody who's had an absolutely clean run today and some people who's had penalties and bodywork changes and been off the track and been in the tyres uh, actually running rather well I think particularly of the uh, the number 20 it's out to fourth place now for high class racing and Anders and they have dropped some laps away so three laps away from Sebastian Montoya he's uh, back of Louis Delatraz as Mark Holzer has taken over the NTE SSR Lamborghini is that the driver change there Nick for the NTE the uh, light blue and white Lamborghini oh, oh, yep. yeah it was a full service um, I'm just uh, I was just near wander down see if oh, I yeah, so the got out it was Jaden Conright Jaden Conright yeah, was out. oh he's, yeah. he's, up, he's, he's already up the top of the ladder this, the problem is Nick these drivers are so young and spry <laughs> that they're hard to it's harder to uh, track down <laughs> Um, we, need a, we need a big net, like a big butterfly oh, yeah. net. Could you, you just see me just trying to get up and off the wall. That takes half an hour. <laughs> My old knees. And Andrew. Andrew's way too spry for his age. Way too he's spry. He's really spry, full stop. Never mind the rest of that sentence. He just seems to hover around at, uh, at the pit perch level and sort of levitate along the line. I keep thinking he must have a zip line in there sitting next to us at the moment in the highly global broadcast. Oh, I thought he was right here in a few minutes ago. And he's got whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Pierce. Hello, Sam. Not sure where you are in the world. Feeling more envious all the time for the fans' tracks side at Matul Patilamont. It's a photo happy hour as the sun's going down. And uh, hello to... Jerry Z seriously thought about leaving at midnight last night and driving through the night but I got word that I needed to work this morning you're down in Florida Jerry hope everything's all right with you your friends and family I know that uh, 
parts of the state's taking a really big hit, but nice to know you're tuned in to us now. Hopefully we're bringing you a little bit of sunshine as well. Let's hear from Jaden Conright. It's just got out of that NTSSE Lamborghini. I'd like to point out I did climb up the Pratt perch, so I, I deserve at least one benefit. Uh, Jaden, just out of the car, how is the Lamborghini going at the moment? Uh, right now, I feel like we have a really solid car underneath us. Um, so far, I think the pace felt pretty good. I'm not sure what the times the others were running, but the car's just been getting better throughout the race, so so far it's been pretty good. How do you feel the uh, Lambo compares to the other cars in the GTD class? We've heard some guys that, they, that, that are moaning about other cars being fast. Have you got that straight line speed you need? Uh, we're kind of somewhere in the middle. I think our strength is honestly just uh, our pace over race stint. Because as you can see yesterday in qualifying, some cars had a lot of pace in qualifying, and then we couldn't quite match them, but then as soon as the race starts and we start going into a stint, I feel like that's kind of where our car comes in on its own. A few hours to go, are you going to get back in the car again in the dark? Uh, yeah, that's the plan, so we have to see how everything plans out, but um, at this moment it's just me and Marco to finish off because Don's already finished his drive time. And are, are you a fan of driving at night? Yeah, I actually enjoy driving at night because, I mean, it's cold and the track's quick, so it's enjoyable. It's just a bit difficult with the lights, but honestly, right now with the sun setting, I feel like it's even more difficult because with the sun in our eyes, it basically, we have backwards cameras and stuff in the car, but the glare on the screen is so bad that I can't even see what's behind me, so I think once night rolls around, it should be nice. Thank you, David. I love driving at night. Point. Uh, great to hear great point. from Jaden. Uh, the... Uh, diversity scholarship recipient from IMSA for this year. Uh, another slew of candidates have been uh, announced. That was back at uh, Road America. Wow, what's happened to Scott Dixon all of a sudden? He's uh, all of a sudden lost quite a bit of ground to uh, number 60 car ahead of him. The, uh, the, the gap, the number 01 car, of course, have had two penalties for we're assuming improper tire pressures to improper tire pressures to low tire pressures um and what 23 30 odd laps ago it was about half it was better part of half a minute behind a number 60 car uh five laps ago that deficit was down to 13 seconds it's now out to 22 which is curious just in the last three or four laps he seems to have lost ground pretty regularly. Whether it's just unfortunate through the traffic, I don't yeah. know, because you know, the gap was pretty stable for around about 17 seconds. It came down to 14, and then down to 13, and now down to 22. So that's quite a lot. Jeremy Shaw with John Hindhoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Where are you in the world? Let us know. Adams Radio. Just after midnight, half past midnight in Europe. Half 11 in the UK, half six here, which means three hours and 40 minutes to go. This is a time certain race now, has been for a few years. The engine new here in the background is that of the number 14. Jack Hawksworth driven Pro Vasa Sullivan GTD Lexus. Trying to chase down Dirk Muller, who's ahead of him. Not in his class, he's eighth in GTD. The GTD Pros got off kilter and lost a lap to all the GTD cars. They've been trying to, well, they don't have to fight back in their own category, but it's Jesse Cron that leads for BMW. 
It's about nine seconds further up the road from Dirk Muller. Onto the back straight there. So you can hear the engine right on the rev limiter. Now down towards turn 10. Meantime, the leader goes through. People Durrani passed us in the Michelin Tower. Earl Bamba, who was challenging a little while ago, now dropped to about one and three quarter seconds. So we're in second place. 20 seconds further back in third, Ricky Taylor. Tom Blomqvist, another 14 seconds. Here comes the LMP3s. Kai von Berlo for Riley Motorsport. Pits from fifth position in LMP3. Yeah, number 30 car was in out of second place uh, a few laps ago, I think. Josh Burden probably owes us a pit stop fairly soon now. Maybe another two or three laps, perhaps, for the leading kind of a 36. There's the Andretti Sport Autosport entry. It's been out front for, for quite a long time in this race now, has that Andretti Autosport number 36. Serpently has. into the pit lane for, uh, well, I thought I saw people Durrani coming in. I did see people Durrani coming in. I'm not going absolutely mad. He was delayed actually yeah. by the Andretti car right. ahead of him down the pit lane and uh, will take the leader first of all as it comes to the pit stop with people. <laughs> This will be a lengthy pit stop for Pippo Durrani, for him personally, not for the car, because he's going to be staying in the pit lane, I would imagine, for, oh, roughly two hours before they put him back in for the end of this one. But Pippo is out of the car. Olivier Claw is getting in. Four new Michelins, brand new with stickers on them, and a lot of fuel for this Whalen Engineering catalog behind them. We've got the number 25 BMW into the pits. It is Jesse Crone out and John Edwards in. That just rolls right off the tongue because that's how it's been for years. Set of brand new sticker tires for John as well. Nick, what's happening on your end? The, uh, the P3 leader, the 36 car, the Andretti car, come in for tires and fuel, but no driver change. But looking to my right, I can see the 70 inception McLaren, that car from GTD, that's had a full service, including driver change. But only a flash of helmets. I couldn't tell who exactly was who's getting in. There's only two of them left, Nick, because Brendan Arena's ah. up here to Barcelona. <laughs> but does that mean he can't drive? Probably not from this distance, no. <laughs> um, I think that might be beyond even his considerable <laughs> talent, in fairness. So it's Jordan Pepper. He, he did invent the Oculus virtual reality system, so if anybody can make it happen, it's probably <laughs> Brendan. But at 40,000 feet, Imagine what the latency would be like for that. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Shea, down there in the pit lane. So, uh, just wait for a moment or two. Josh Burden for Andretti Autosport is back out again in that leading LMP2 car. A moment ago, another problem for the caught-off motorsport car. This is... Uh, Dirk Muller, Whoops. and he's fallen off the track at turn six. And I think that car's cut out again there, yeah. Jeremy. That's about the third time that that's happened. Yeah, that car cut out on him as he was going through turn six, pitched the car sideways. He's clearly frantically pressing the reset button and trying to get that car going. 
Now that's the engine you hear in the background now, so it is running. Meantime, out of the lead, here comes Earl Bamba for Cadillac Racing in the DPI. Shea Adam will watch this one as the Kiwi comes to a halt. He's trundling down on the pit lane speed limiter, waits for a late turn in well past me. That was impressive roll, and that does manage to hit his marks perfectly. Alex Lynn taking over this car as they don't even have a seat insert between these two gentlemen. Very similarly built guys as they are doing new tires around the inside now. They don't do a staggered stop. They do the left sides and then the right sides. And yep, they still have the stickers on them. So these are brand new. They did do a windshield tear off as well. Very important at this time of the night. And the bodywork is actually loose on the right rear of this car. The latch has broken. So that will affect it as the night comes in the air. Third three car has come in from, I think, second place in LMP3. Uh, Sean Creech Motorsport. Uh, Nino Pino got out. I have to be honest with you, I can't see who got in because I was shoved out the way by a man who had something far more important to do with the fuel line than I, than I, uh, than I am. So uh, I hit at the back to photos going on. Do you want to grab one of the crowd quick, quick where with Seb Prio as he's got out of the 70 inception? Uh, Seb, it's, uh, is, is it, it. Oh, quick question. So, so um, Seb, is it getting easier with, with, without uh, that Mr. Arebe just, just showing between two of you? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. The physical track, this is really physical track. We've got a great car today. I mean, I led the field there for a bit, so I mean, the car's on fire. I'm feeling really ready for this race, and I'm ready to get back in. I mean, it's it's really now it's controlled aggression. You've got to, you've got to be in position with a healthy car with an hour to go. For sure. I mean, you know, we've still got three hours to go, so a lot to play for. But hey, we're good good to be out front. You know, that's always a good sign. So keep pushing, keep going. Uh, track getting quicker and quicker every minute. So yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks, Dave. And it was how Barbosa got in that 33 Sean Creech LMP3. Back at my end of the pit lane, the 48 Ally Racing Cadillac has come back into the pit lane. They are doing full service fuel, tires, and a driver change. And why is this driver change significant? Jimmy Johnson's drive time has been met, but this is Petit Le Mans, training for Grand Le Mans. And Jimmy Johnson has his eyes very firmly on that race. He's about to discover what it's like to drive at night on one of the darkest circuits in North America. More than that shit. He's in now for any kind of time. What time is it now? Uh, he'll be in at sunset for the transition. It's uh, just over 55 minutes, five zero minutes away. 19 minutes past seven, official sunset, and it gets really dark really quickly. Dirk Muller's coming to the pit lane, and he has got his four wheels on. I think, Shea, that they've got an electrical problem with this. I wouldn't be surprised to see a steering wheel change here. I wouldn't be surprised either. They are doing a driver change as well. It's Stephen McAleer back into the car. Sticker tires going on. Now, when they put their four-way flashes on, that tends to be something that comes with their pit lane speed limiter. So don't read too much into that. I've been seeing that all week. This is ultimately giving the championship contender his own destiny in his own hands. They're doing the data stick change as well. Well, they've got the opportunity. They've got to do that between certain hours of this race. This is one of the times where it is applicable. So they've reached in to the uh, compartment of the well, passenger side, if there were a passenger. And now they're telling Steven to go. We've also got Juan Pablo Montoya into the pit lane, but that will be down on Nick's end of things. Actually, he's just taken the car over, my apologies. Uh, meantime, the 96 liquid Molly BMW in. Stephen was to wait to see when that number 32 goes out if uh, Stephen McAleer can clear that problem. Josh Pearson in the uh, second place 
Well, actually, it was the leading car, wasn't it, in LMP2 before it came in. Shea is down on that one. Unintentionally, in the way of their pit stop, I couldn't get back up to the other end of pit lane or out to the pit wall before they came in, but it was fuel tires, drinks bottle change for Josh Pearson. So clearly they like the young man, keeping him hydrated through this stop, but the new tires are nearly completely on. Fuel nozzle is still attached, so this is a good time of the stop, but Josh is not getting a windshield tear off. He's just getting a windshield clean, so that will be more difficult for the 16-year-old as he drives into the sunset. Jordan Petmer not having any uh, issues with his vision, just set the fastest lap of the race in GTD for McLaren and the Inception Racing number 70, 120.601. And 120.601, Jeremy, for GTD, how does that compare with race lap records? Uh, good question. The uh, le lap record is... While you're looking for that, I'll tell you at... Uh, 6.38, two minutes ago. The, if you added all the laps together, completed by the field, it was 10,000 in the race. Quite, ex quite extraordinary. What was the question? Lap record GTD what? lap GTD record. Lap record. Uh, 119.3. All right, so we're seven tenths, eight tenths of a second away at the moment. Jordan Pepper. Last year. Three and a half hours to go with uh, half an hour then on the to the to the next tranche of Michelin Endurance Cup points. Nick Damon has the third place car in LMP3. It's a 76 car, the yellow and black AWA. Yeah, it's a full service. Just Sargent getting on and Carl Marcelli getting out. The, the interesting thing about, of course, about these uh, these P3 versions, they are, of course, right-hand drive. So it's kind of like it's a bit odd seeing them uh, getting the driver out the side. I'd normally expect to get out in a car park, but uh, they are doing a full service. They're also having to do a little bit of remedial action on the number, the 76 number on the right-hand side is having to be... Uh, with a, with a hit with a hand, not a hammer, but also, oh yes, excellent. Nice bit of, nice bit of tank tape on there now. So they're getting going, because of course, if those luminous numbers come off, that'll involve them having to come back to the, uh, ooh. As he left, he has just flicked back a large amount of carbon fiber. So something's fallen off that car, uh, and it's been picked up by the IMSA official. Uh, probably it was very expensive when it was in one piece, but now it's just a bit of a carbon try. It's about the size of a paperback book. Just fell off the car as, it, as he drove away. Thank you, Nick. Nick Damon. Down in the pit lane with Shit Adam, who has Dirk Muller with her. He's been having a few problems with that corner of BMW off the track at least twice that we saw in one stint. Now, I can't remember Shit Dirk Muller being off the track twice unprovoked in probably two or three seasons of racing. So what was going on there? No, that definitely is not Dirk Mueller uh, driving a car off-road intentionally. Dirk, you were clearly having issues with the car. What was going on during your stint? I'm so, so gutted for the team, for, for myself. We were going so strong. We, I think at the moment I was P2 or P1 uh, behind Brian. The car was super rapid. Um, I, I was probably, no joke, I was fastest car out there. 
I'm not even trying for it. Car was absolutely on rails. I'm super happy. And then out of nowhere, we started to get gremlins uh, in the car um, electrically. Um, in the beginning, I kind of get warned and um, I knew how to react and that's why it wasn't so bad. Uh, I had to like reset the car like two times um, at the place where it was quite safe and then at the end it was just doing it randomly without any sign before. It's just a self kind of protection kicking in. We don't know why really. Um, there's no real fix at the moment. We, we did a hard reset at the minute now, at the, at the pit stop. Uh, we are hoping that that could something. Um, it's just unfortunate. Dirk, I'm so sorry. Yep, we are not giving up here. A little further, a pit lane uh, just out of this P3 car. It's Carl Marcelli. Carl, um, it's certainly pretty hot out there as you rehydrate yourself, um, and full of action as well. Of course I have uh, a double stint all green flag. Um, Man, that was a lot of work. It's been a long time since I've been in prototype racing, and um, I'm not the full-time guy here. I'm, I'm just sort of plopped in as the third shoe for this weekend. So ergonomically, I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable in the car and a lot of, a lot of aches and pains. Um, also, just, just not enough time in the car, really. I didn't test at all. We just kind of showed up. I didn't even do the first free practice. So I think I had about 20 laps before the race, and. You know, we're treating this like a test, but the competitor in me wants to go faster and the competitor in me wants to win. Um, but it just, I don't feel we have the car to do that. It's, uh, it's a lot of work right now to put together an okay lap. But I guess the plus point is by getting an hour and a half in the car, you're learning every lap. You're getting more at home with this car. You're able to exploit it more. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning, uh, learning where the limits are. Um, but right now it just feels so knife edge that it's hard for me to get to the limit. I've had a couple of big snap oversteers, and in a prototype, that's not what you want. Thanks very much. Thanks, Carl. He sounded really, really worn out there. Carl Marcelli, who's fitness at Butcher's Dog's personal trainer, and uh, Nick just telling me he looked tired and was very, very sweaty. He needs to go and rehydrate. And uh, he's the Lamborghini Super Trofeo champion from the IMSA series in the pro class this yeah. season so he knows how to pedal fast fast cars he does and he's driven he, he's driven a, a, a few races this season lmp3 cars including watkins Glen and uh, canadian time motorsport park jason anzalone joins us from michelin motorsport hello jason how are you hi john i'm doing well how about yourself i'm all right you've had a busy day haven't you you've, you've been a blur all day today in and out of meetings have you seen much of the race i i, I have only enjoyed a few minutes of the race it's been a very busy day but uh, obviously excited to be here and and uh please sit down no. <laughs> if you've been on the take the weight off your mind <laughs> yes sit down um, We've still got a race to go, three and a half hours, but of course you guys are planning and forward planning all the time. Michelin, the the supplier for all of the tyres uh, across the major IMSA series now, including the Porsche Carrera Cup North America, Pilot Challenge, of course, and, and this championship. That was a huge undertaking that Michelin took on a few years ago. You, you had the global pandemic in the middle of it, have you managed to get back to some form of normality in terms of, of supply in motorsport? I, I would say that we're not completely back to normal, 
Uh, our teams are working incredibly hard to ensure that we have enough tires to, to be here on the weekend racing, and we protect the race activities almost at all costs. We, want, we do not want to show up without, uh, without enough tires, uh, so it's a, a primary focus for us. When we talked about the WEC and uh, the IMSA calendars earlier on and, and some of the almost inevitable clashes, and one thing that came up was transport and transport costs. They've gone up massively. Um, sea freight became a, a lot less reliable, and that's gone up, but air freight now has gone up massively as well. You've got to factor that in, I appreciate it. Uh, abs absolutely, John. You know, we look at air freight as a kind of a last resort option, and we try to plan ahead, uh, taking into account the uh, incremental lead time uh, in order to get the products here to the to the states. Uh, but you know, again, it's it's all part of our planning process uh, managed by our team. Uh, Shea Adam is down at the far end of the pit lane, where the number 16 Auto Nation Sirius XM pink, blue, and white machine is coming in, and there is a brand new set of Michelin slick tyres. Shea and a very excited driver who gets behind the wheel now and just wait for his helmet to disappear. There we go. That's Elio Castroneves getting those stickers. He was dancing on the pit wall. He's so amped up for this stint. And that's a mark of how much Acura and Meyer Shank Racing trust Helio that they put him in the car at this point in the race when normally most of the other third drivers, they're already sitting on the pit box in their street clothes. We also have the Corvette into the pits. This is fuel and tires only. No driver change, but they are changing out their data stick. Perfect stop for the 60 Acura as the DPI rumbles back onto the racetrack. And now we just wait for the roar of the Corvette. It was a slow right front tire change, but no time lost while fuel was still going on. And wow, windshield tear off. I really appreciate teams that give their uh, drivers windshield tear off instead of just the clean. Waiting on the fuel, we're 27 seconds in this pit box. They do go to 40 for a full fuel, so it's gonna be a while longer. So Elio was uh, dancing with the cars there, was he? I let the Corvette answer for that one. That was a from uh, GM. Um, I'll, get, I'll it, get my coat. It was uh, more of shadow boxing than dancing, but it, it looked like happy dancing. <laughs> Thank you, Shea, down in the, the pit lane. Uh, Jason Ataloni with us from Michelin Motorsport. Jeremy. Just, just, yeah, just very quickly, that stop for uh, uh, Tom Blomkus did he did 34 laps on that stint that's the longest stint I think we've seen in this race uh, and turning you know pretty reasonable lap times he's certainly losing a bit of time there toward the end but um, he, he stayed a lot longer most of the cat most of the number 10 car its last two stints were 31 laps and then 32 laps We've been you know green for quite a long time now as we're getting full stint lengths in the uh, Cadillac as uh, turned last time uh, 31 laps as well uh, and that's kind of the norm uh, 30, number 31 car was also 31 laps um, but uh, that number 60 car 34 laps on that stint hmm. Jason I'm, I'm keen to know um, in these different days for racing now we see and Michelin's been at the forefront of this for years and particularly with Le Mans we see series trying to extend the life of tyres uh, I remember, it seems yesterday to me, but um, um, so uh, Audi, I think, did the whole of Le Mans on a ridiculously uh, small set of tyres, quad stints, uh, quintuple stints during uh, the night. The, the, it's not quite like that now, but the, the pressure is on you guys at Michelin to uh, be able to deliver 
quality, safe, performance-based tyres that can do two or three stints? Uh, yeah, John. Uh, it is our ambition at Michelin uh, to race sustainably, and part of that is by developing tyres that can double stint and also provide the highest level of performance and safety for the, the race team. So it is part of our strategy uh, to, to create uh, double stint tyres, and you can see that, uh, the, that that will come to life in the GTP class here in IMSA next year. Well, I'm pleased you brought that up. We had the four cars on static display before the race started. The fans could have a, a good walk around. They're testing here Monday and Tuesday. You've taken on an incredible challenge there because just there, there's four different manufacturers. There's four different engines. There are three different chassis. And you're going to give them one Michelin tyre in terms of one slick and one wet to make all of those guys happy? Now, come on, how are you going to do that? Yeah, well, the good news is we have incredibly smart engineers at Michelin. <laughs> that, that can so solve that's it. not your job. Yeah, that is not my job, <laughs> uh, thankfully. Uh, no, it's a huge undertaking for our engineers at Michelin, but this is, again, part of our DNA to use the, the racetrack as a laboratory. And we work very closely with our OEM partners to develop these tires. So we're continuing to push the envelope and develop new technologies. And will that be the same tire that the LMH, that the uh, Le Mans Hyper cars get? So the Toyota, the Ferrari, the new cars coming in under ACO rules? Because we've got a convergence now and those cars are going to be racing together in the WC potentially here and certainly at the moment yeah yes John uh, so same tire uh, slightly different rules in WEC versus IMSO where we bring one spec to the to the racetrack per weekend where there can be multiple specs for WEC bringing them to the weekend but overall same tire wow okay that's a that's even bigger of a job when I think of how that's going to work because you've got all-wheel drive cars in WEC against rear drive cars with the additional torque of of the hybrid systems here yeah so and that's and that's one spec of rear tire that's going to do all of that that's amazing yeah so as you can see a very complex problem again for our engineers to solve uh, the guys at Clement Ferron are burning the midnight midnight oil what do we get out of this as motorists? You said it's a laboratory. Are, are you learning things that you can apply to, say, electric vehicle technology, which are cars that have huge amount of torque, to performance car technology? Are we getting the benefit of this? Uh, absolutely. Just like our teams out here racing on Michelin product, uh, lap after lap, getting getting uh, quality safety and performance out of the out of the out of the tire. We take those learnings and we bring those those learnings into our consumer tires. So for when consumers purchase Michelin product, they know that we have tried very hard to bring the, the best technology possibly can for the consumer to deliver value. And if we look at the whole family of racing that you're supplying just here in the IMSA paddock, the variety of cars, front engine GT cars, mid-engine, rear engine, front wheel drive TCR cars, prototype cars you i mean that is a that is a huge amount of knowledge you're getting yes uh abso absolutely and that that is the beauty of being here uh in the paddock and being involved in racing because again it's pushing the envelope of, of michelin and and understanding what we need to to do to deliver value uh for race teams and for for consumers with these environmental concerns, um, what about recycling tires? What about using different uh, constituent components of tires to be able to 
be a little kinder to the planet? Because most tires aren't rubber anymore, are they? Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a complex. Uh, a tire is a complex uh, manufacturing process. It's a piece and, of engineering. Uh, yeah. It? Oh, ex exactly. It's very technologically advanced, and so it is our mission at Michelin to get to a point where we are uh, racing more sustainably, using more sustainable material in our tires, and if you. Uh, people here at, at track can come to our tire workshop and see on display a 53% sustainable material rate tire that we, you know, we, we continue to try to uh, increase that uh, and get closer to 100%. Just keeping an eye on what's going on on the track and out on the back straight at the moment, the number 6-0, that's uh, Elio Castro Neves trying to pull back uh, Oli Pla, who's about eight seconds up the road, but Elio doing what Elio does, Jeremy, and carving his way through traffic. Indeed so, and a uh, little bit uh, far down the order, well, seventh and eighth positions, that's the lead in LMP2, Rui Pinto Andrade holds the lead in Calibre 8, but young Josh Pearson in Calibre 11 for PR1 Matheson Motorsports is right on his tail there. Yeah, he hasn't made the pass. He's actually dropped back a little bit on that lap, so probably a little bit of traffic in it between those two. But that's a good battle going on there for the lead in LMP2. And Juan Pablo Montoya is uh, closing in on those two. He's about he's less than 20 seconds behind them in the third position. Actually, 14.7 this time. Only in five seconds on on that last lap alone. Yeah, he's he's on it. He had a bit of clear track. Yeah. One of the drivers who's going to be experiencing and benefiting uh, from Michelin's experience in GTP on GTP ties next year is down with Sheer Adam now and that's a Matthew Jamin here for Porsche. Matthew, once the green flag came out today, you and Matty Campbell joined some rarefied air. Patrick Pile, Earl Bamber, Lawrence Fantor, Patrick Long, Jörg Bergmeister, a name a list of factory Porsche drivers who have won IMSA championships. Getting that out of the way, I asked Matthew earlier, how much of a relief was that to then just be able to focus on the race? Yeah, I mean, uh if you look back at the season, uh, for sure the target was the championship, but to come into the last race and just having to start, for sure, takes out all the pressure uh, off the shoulders of everyone. And uh, yeah, I'm just super pleased and super happy to add our names with Fab Motorsport, Fab Motorsport winning back-to-back -back championships in GTD and GTD Pro. So it really shows the level of the of these guys and uh, and for us also as a kind of rookies because we were doing only endurance racing and. For the first season, full full season, and learning a couple of a couple of tracks on the way and on race weekend to win the championship, I think didn't happen very often. So, yeah, super super happy with this. It was you in the end of the race at Daytona with a great battle with Lawrence Vantor this year that ultimately resulted in you with the Rolex. I'm reading into the pattern of this. It's going to be you at the end of Petit Le Mans, isn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the plan. Uh, I mean, if you look back at Daytona, I I I could have I I couldn't won. Uh, without the help of my teammates and the team and if you really look back into details to the strategy Matt closed the gap and saved fuel like crazy in Daytona which allowed us to come back in front and then fight from there so uh, that's kind of I think the same mentality that we have here uh, he's, uh, he's super strong at fuel saving and, 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 and turning some crazy fast lap times so he, he will be doing his part of the job and I will try to, to fight uh, and take risk if there is a restart or something try to win it today. I know that Lawrence is listening and watching back at home in Belgium and man, Larry, we wish you were here. But for you, Matthew, it's it's a busy couple of days. You've got this race today, the banquet tomorrow, and then testing starting on Monday. How do you try to focus on the one thing at a time when there's so much excitement coming? Um, actually, we are not testing on Monday. Uh, Porsche, right. po 
not, it's it's gonna be in a few weeks time. Yeah, it's gonna be in a few weeks time. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy tonight party, uh, tomorrow's party. Have a few days at home to to rest, uh, look back at the season, train a bit, and then uh, be prepared for for the LMDH cars uh, which are coming next year and some testing over the winter. There's a lot to celebrate. So congratulations on one championship. Good luck with the race win. Thank you. Thank Gerald Blegemol enlisting in as well. 18th uh, for Porsche testing at Sebring. So the week after uh, next. But now we know why Porsche aren't here because uh, two of their 963 drivers are going to pick up a championship and will be celebrating hard on Sunday <laughs> night. There'll be no fit state to do anything. On It'll be complete recovery mode, as she has just said in my ear. Jeremy. Uh, the sun now at least is out of our eyes and I think it's gone down low enough behind the trees at turn seven as well. Maybe just about uh, and that'll be a relief because visibility will be really tough through there. That battle for LMP2 by the way is uh, absolutely tremendous. Oh. Number eight and 11 completely nose to tail now. The last uh, last couple of laps have been uh, that in that formation. Uh, the guy who's struggling at the moment though is Elio Castro Neves. He's lost 10 seconds to the number 31 car and uh, and um, and also to Scott Dixon, who's closing in very rapidly behind him. So you're seeing behind the uh, the velvet rope now, the, the third wall's being taken down, Jason. Lee Diffie doesn't have to do all this running around while, while we turn it. Um, we've we've got Jason Ancelone here from, uh, from Michelin. A beautiful day it's been today. Uh, and he's catching up on a little bit of the racing, watching very intently there as we've been doing the uh, 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 doing the uh, pit reports. Um, you guys don't get an off-season then, do you? Um, it's short enough anyway with just 112 days between the end of this race and when the cars are on track competitively at Daytona for the Raw. But we've just heard uh, testing tomorrow, uh, sorry, Monday and Tuesday, we've got Porsche testing the week after, we've got the December test, and that's just the new GTP cars. Yeah, yeah, John, uh, our team is uh, very busy here. We, we don't get much of an off season. We, we have a lot of testing, uh, but, but it's good for us. You know, again, it, it's an opportunity for us to work with our OEM partners, develop tires that will push the, push the limits of technology. And that motorsport work, does that, is the potential there to open doors sometimes to OEMs that perhaps you're not working with? There's such a wide variety of cars. I think I think there's uh, 16 OEMs in IMSA competition, and, and you're providing uh, tyres for 15 of those. Um, does that give the opportunity for your original equipment guys to start knocking on some doors as well? I, I think you have to always keep uh, the options open for it to become a business opportunity. We are here to develop relationships with OEMs and, and the hopes that we win some business uh, at the OE level. And, and I presume that the developing of tyres now as cars uh, become, I mean, particularly sports cars, hyper sports cars, um, 400, 500, 600 horsepower is not unusual nowadays. You use the same sort of modeling techniques, the same sort of uh, data acquisition that you use in motorsport. Some of those tools, is that transferable assets? Yeah, I would say we're, we're pretty te technologically advanced around simulation technology. And so we, I think, uh, use all of the the resources uh, that Michelin has in order to develop uh, great products. Michelin have been around for a very long time. They've been in motorsports for as long as there's been <laughs> motorsport. So you guys have seen all kinds of things come and some things go. 
in terms of motorsport and in terms of tyre technology, what's the next big thing? You don't need to give me any trade secrets, but what is the thing that you think Michelin and indeed other tyre manufacturers, what are, what are you going to have to look at and have to work on in the next, say, five to ten years? Because I know that's how far you guys will be looking down the road. Well. No, it's a, it's a great question. And really, I think if you look at in the short term, uh, the OEMs are developing more and more BV vehicles. So we need to push the, the limits on technology to support the higher torque that, that electric heavy too. That are heavy. So, so in the short term, we need to develop uh, tires that can handle the, the heaviness and the, the, the torque of electric vehicles. But then again, Michelin's roadmap uh, to be fully sustainable by 2050, wow. that, that is our goal, 100% sustainable tires uh, by 2050. And that is our, our goal, and we have a roadmap against that. Uh, and also having to look at, uh, at emissions from tires now, which is something that I, I didn't understand until I, I looked at it. Again, the heavier vehicles, battery electric vehicles, um, yeah, great, there's no tailpipe emissions, but because they're heavy, they can degrade the tires quicker. Yeah, no, that's a that's a real problem, John. And again, our engineers are working incredibly hard <laughs> to to develop the technologies to, to solve all the all the problems. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a it is a problem, but doesn't mean it doesn't have a solution. And we're we have great people at, at the company. You live for challenges, whether it's on the racetrack or on the street, Michelin, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. We are we try to be a techno technology leader, uh, whether that's here at the racetrack or building street cars, street tires. Do you think people pay enough attention to their tires generally, particularly uh, on street cars? No, if I'm speaking honestly, no, it's not something most consumers think about, but that's where Michelin has a great responsibility to educate consumers on, on why tire uh, maintenance is important and why they should should really think about tire uh, tires on their vehicles. I was talking today about checking your tire pressures when we were talking about some of the infractions that we had. And I was always taught to do it at least every 10 days to two, two weeks. Um, and particularly now with low profile tires, lower and lower profile tires on your, your street cars, you're really actually quite, relatively speaking, quite high pressures in your street tires. Uh, so tire management on your streetcar and tire maintenance, super, super important. Jason, I know you're busy. Thank you very much indeed for coming to see us. Thank you for a great season at IMSA. Uh, good luck with the challenges that you have ahead because you've boggled my mind and I'm sure our listeners' mind and viewers' mind as well with how much you've got to do because you can't give any, in motorsport, you can't give anybody an advantage either, can you? That's the other thing I was just thinking of. Yeah, no, we have to we have to bring the, the same tires for, for all teams, and uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's supporting them to the best of our ability with the products we have. So either you need, in next season, when all the hypercars and uh, GTPs are there, either you need everybody to love you, and all be very happy or all hate you with the same amount. Is that, that I, I think that's the world we live in. But again, that's <laughs> why we work so closely with our OEM partners to make sure that we're developing the, the, the tire to, uh, I, I'd say, make everybody happy as best we can. Uh, and uh, just on the IMSA side of things, the, the relationship with IMSA has been very strong and continues, we should say. Uh, absolutely. We have a great relationship with IMSA. John John Doonan is a great partner uh, at the, as the president, and working with uh, the team at IMSA is a, is a wonderful experience for us. And with Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta as well, and the Michelin Tower that we're sitting in, such an upgrade on, 
and what was here before, you haven't had really a chance to to use it as, as you would have expected over the last couple of years for reasons that everybody understands. Yeah, no, obviously it's been a, a, a couple of challenging years, but we're so happy to be here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, which is our home track because Greenville, South Carolina yeah. is only 100 miles away. So we have a, a lot of Michelin employees here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. And we, we have some consumer activation, so it's a really great weekend. Thanks for all you do for motorsport uh, here in the US and worldwide. Uh, Jason, thank you very much indeed. That was uh, Jason Anzalone from uh, Michelin Motorsport. Tell everybody you're still talking to us and just sit around, watch if you want to, or slide away so you can watch a bit of motor race. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, John, no, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to yeah, take take off now and uh, go, go watch some racing. Excellent. Thank you very thank much, you. Jason, and uh, thanks again for all the support uh, over the last few seasons here in IMSA. Jeremy Shaw has been watching this wonderful uh, segment of the race, Jeremy, just unfolding. We're just starting to see some patterns building now. Alex Lynn's built up a almost 20-second lead at the head of the field from Ricky Taylor now in the Cunningham on the Acura. That battle for the championship... The number 10 car in second, that's the uh, black and blue car. The number 60 car, so the only car in the championship hunt. Elio Castro Nevis is about 30 seconds, a little bit under that, away from Ricky Taylor. Those are the two cars are battling for the championship, but of course everyone else in the DPI category, and certainly the top five who are all still on the same lap, Jeremy, they're all battling for the race win. They don't care about the two accuracy. No, they don't, you're absolutely right and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a fascinating contest, contest uh, at the moment. The number 60 car is getting really good fuel mileage. Uh, they're um, extending their, their uh, stint lengths and potentially could do this race on one less stop than everybody else. The question is, are they going fast enough to do that? Um, they've, uh, you know, they're losing a little bit of ground to some of the other contenders and they're being caught still by Scott Dixon in the number 01 car. Remember the gap was um, as much as a half a minute back uh, to Scott Dixon. It's now down to seven seconds. So it's coming down little by little or, or, or by chunks, depending on, on how the traffic unfolds. In uh, GTD, Jordan Pepper has extended his lead in that number, in that inception racing McLaren to Robbie Foley. Excuse me, Bill Oblin, who's now driving in number 96 car, out to a full. Uh, how was it last time around? It was 22 seconds. So he's 24 seconds last is it 24? time. Is yeah, it? 24. Okay, fine. Well, that's on this lap. in real time. Um, so uh, he's definitely pulling away. Is the McLaren? He's turning very consistent lap times, and uh, yeah, it's about about to set the same difference here 24.1 seconds and uh, Bill Oblin now he's got his mirrors full right behind him with in that battle for second place with Madison Snow the pole sitter hot on his heels coming down to a, another clock hour and quick reminder that you're listening to 98.1 IMSA radio on radio Atlanta oh off hard point Ouch. Just about to go down to Shea, right on the three-hour mark, and this is a full-course caution. Three hours to go, and the hard point Porsche is off with front-end damage. 
Now, let's see. Just over two and a half was. hours. It was Rob Ferriol who was in that car. And that is turn five. Two and a half hours of green flag racing. And that is a substantial impact on the front of that car. The safety, MR safety team in the Porsche Cayenne already on site. Turn five. Uh, turn five, yes. And the safety car will have to come out. Let's uh, keep an eye. We're hearing from the team that Rob has been talking to them. And Ouch. there's quite a bit of uh, debris to clean up there. This is not going to be the work of a moment, I'm afraid. Uh, Shea, I was about to come to you for a little uh, LMP2 championship update, so let's do that right now. I'll keep an eye on what's going on uh, and let you know when Rob is out of the car. Okay, well, we came into this race with the possibility of three different uh, drivers, actually three individuals running away, walking away with the championship. Four, four, sorry. I discounted uh, Dwight Merriman and Ryan Dial as uh, one person instead of two. They have officially now retired, and because they have retired, they will finish last which means that Stephen Thomas can't win the championship because he would have needed John Ferrano to finish last by my math if my memory is correct. So that means that John Ferrano tentatively has the LMP2 championship wrapped up. Thank you, Shay. Uh, that was a very nasty incident for Rob Furriol. Started the slide coming out of uh, turn five, thought he caught it and then the car went back to the right and heavy contact, driver's right-hand side, right on the front of the car, just at the rise, fortunately caught the banded tyres there, yellow flags out immediately from the marshal's post there. Rob's out walking around, taking his helmet off, he's already taking his uh, gloves off there. Uh, really sharp work by the marshals, who first of all had to move out the way because the car was coming straight towards them. As soon as they realised they weren't in danger, the yellow flags came out. Thank you once again to our ladies and gentlemen who are flagging around the circuits. Many will be tuned in from Europe just after midnight in the UK, just after 1am uh, in Europe. They'll have been out working today, uh, no. an army of orange workers. Yeah, now note here, number 31 car is going really slowly. Uh, he's not packing up behind the safety car. I reckon he's almost out of fuel. Uh, he elected not to come in and take on emergency service there. He's about due for a pit stop. His last pit stop was on lap 263. He's done 31 laps now, uh, and that's about the limit of that car. So uh, uh, that's um, a bit of unfortunate timing for number 31. Yes, because he'll have to come in for a splash of fuel in emergency service if they don't open the pits uh, relatively soon. Uh, and uh, that is the car sitting in third position. Andrew Marriott is back in the pit lane. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, John. And I was going to tell you that the uh, ERA car had retired, but uh, Shea was in front of me there. But I can tell you the, uh, that Mercedes-Benz we've seen limping down, the Team Korthoff car, uh, that's due to a fuel pressure problem. We thought maybe it was an electrical, but it actually it's something with a fuel pressure regulator is causing that problem. They're trying to sort it. Meanwhile, I'm down at the O2 uh, area, and everybody poised four men up on the wall here. Tires at the ready. Don't see any sign of a driver on the wall, so uh, I think probably we'll stick with Alec Lynn in the car, but uh, I'll be monitoring that, John. Thank you, Andrew. Um, quite a lot of 
Ah, right, we've got the pass around going on. I was about to say there's all kinds of passing going on on the circuit, uh, but that has been sanctioned by race control. Into the last three hours then of this race, uh, we are on lap 296, 295 completed. Great work again by the recovery and uh, track services teams. Already Rob Furrial's, Rob Furrial's grid rival Porsche is on the flatbed, the rollback truck. Might take a little longer to repair that uh, tire wall in front of the concrete. It's the exit of turn five. They've had a busy day, our recovery and rescue services, haven't they? Yeah. This is the sixth? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. I'm one behind sometime, somewhere. I must have well, there forgotten. Were two in quick one. succession. Ah, right. Maybe that was it. I've, I've put them together in my head. Yeah, I think so. Beautiful sunset off to the west. Just a little bit of cloud there reflecting the Etruscan orange light in a beautiful pale blue sky very reminiscent of gulf colors isn't it really so where are you watching and listening from thank you for those of you who've stayed at the track this is enthralling isn't it championships still to be decided and 98.1 fm road atlanta radio we'll go right through to the end have the uh, excitement of the finish grab some interviews for you before we hand over the formalities but if you stay with us on rs2 imza radio it's mission and post race tech hashtag mission and prt start thinking about what you want to ask us whether you've seen something you want explaining or you have points arising from anything that we've uh, been talking about and i see prototype cars in the pit lane the headlights beginning now to be picked out we are still three minutes away from official sunset but quite clearly the light is fading uh, and uh, down at the leader Alex Lynn and Cadillac Racing it's Andrew Marriott yes indeed just waiting for the car to come the boys are all poised to jump over the wall off the wall there it comes stops on its marks fuel going in four sticker tyres Lynn definitely staying in the car. They they have practiced this on many, many occasions. I just noticed the rear deck, that one of the clips seems to be uh, not properly closed. Rear tire goes on. I don't think they're gonna worry. I thought they might put a bit of tape on that right rear clip, but I don't think they're going to. No, they're not. And it goes through the wheels, smokes it out. And I said this before, um, John, but uh, here it is. Uh, you smoke the tyre, you make nice black lines. When you leave, you get a cheer. In the WEC, you get penalties. Fuel and tires for the four LMP3 cars that came down on my end. They included the Core Auto Sport car. No driver change there. Same story for the Riley number 74. It was a driver change, though, for the number 13. Matt Bell, British Matt Bell, is now aboard that car. 2014 Petit Le Mans winner. And for the sister car, that would be the number 76. They did fuel and tires as well. We had fuel and tires for the Tower Motorsport LMP2 number 8. And still in the pit lane receiving fuel and, well, it was just fuel at that point, was the Dragon Speed. 
high-speed car now. It rumbles back into life. A bit of time lost as the field nozzle came out. And, ooh, almost a stall when leaving, but managed to pull the clutch back in and get it going. Got to turn my mic on if I want to talk. Well, actually, no, I have to turn my mic on if I want to be heard. Uh, don't I? I can talk as much as I want. So, as you might imagine, this has triggered a whole host of pit stops. As Jeremy was uh, mentioning, there's a few cars on fumes out there including the wheel and cadillac the number yeah. 31 machine but that was a clean stop from them fuel, full fuel load uh, of vp racing fuel and uh, the the car that would have needed uh, least fuel at this stop would be number 60 car came into the pits in fourth position uh, he came in he made his last pit stop uh four laps after the number 10 car those are the two acuras of course so you would need uh, a little bit less fuel where they can get ahead we'll have to wait and see how they emerge from the pit lane what the order is Shit, adam watching the gtd field come in first of the cars to come onto the pit lane was the inception racing mclaren i'm a little surprised because of course with the mec points coming in i thought they would stick to their strategy for that but no they are doing fuel tires and set prio is getting back aboard that car we've also got the gradient racing accurate fuel tires and it looks like maybe they're putting mario back in so super Barrioing that car. We've got fuel tires and a Robbie Foley going into the number 96 Turner Motorsports BMW. Fuel and tires for the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. No driver change there as Madison Snow stays aboard. Also staying aboard is the number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes. I believe that's Marvin Deans in that car, but he is getting four new Michelin tires. First car to roll was the first car that came in. That would be the McLaren that belongs to uh, Inception Racing. The Paul Miller Racing uh, BMW had a little bit of an issue there as they pulled the air hose release to let the car off the air jacks and it did not go at first but then it did the second car back out and rolling in gtd was the turner motorsports bmw then paul miller racing then gradient then we find windward a pretty slow stop for them i'm not used to that honestly and down in the gtd pro ranks we've got the mercedes that have come in as well as the aston both of those are the last two to leave but i think corvette might have been the first car back out john thanks shit if 25 so. was leading yeah. Let's go down to Andrew, who's at the at Wheel and Cadillac, number 31 pit. I think they made a very quick stop there, although they had to tighten Olivier Pla's belts up. Pla stayed in the car, uh, but I was just being told, did, did they jump a couple of people on that stop? Yes, they did. Yeah. Surprisingly, because they would have needed more fuel than everybody else. That was a great stop. Unless they didn't pull fuel, of course. Yeah. Where are we in terms of the next? Ah, very good point. Uh, yeah, no, next points are what an hour, hour and a bit away. Uh, Forty-nine minutes away. It's eight hours, isn't it? It's four True, and good eight. Point. Yeah, isn't it? That's, uh, that's just to go, isn't it? Right. Yeah, just ago. talking to uh, the uh, one of the senior Cadillac engineers. He said, "Well, this is all down to the fuel now. We, we know what we can do, but we're not quite sure if Honda can uh, Acura can eke it out a bit." But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be absolutely key. Right. Last race for these DPIs. So if they've been hiding a bit of performance somewhere, number one, very well done to keep it away from the IMSA technical team. Number two, doesn't really matter now. You might as well put it all on the table. Uh, and uh, let's uh, go back to Andrew, who's with uh, Aston Martin driver Alex Riberas. Yeah, I am, but I was just uh, having a bit of a, a debrief here. Alex, so what about that session then? 
Well, that was pretty pretty special, you know, like the first uh, first uh, sorry, the last sin for me uh, this season, uh, which which has been definitely uh, a very special one with the art of racing. The car does feel good out there. I feel like uh, from now on, uh, it's only going to get better for us. The the darker conditions definitely suit our Aston Martin. So I, I do believe we're going to get a, a chance to to give it a good go uh, at the end when, when Ross gets in the car and uh, and we give it all. Absolutely. So, as you said, a great season for you. What do you go and do now? You're going to go and have a meal and then come back to the end of watch? Yeah, well, after this one, it's all about uh, preparation. Uh, obviously, we all need a little reset uh, after after this season, but uh, after you know one week, uh, we are all ready to go back again. So, but you're not going to New Zealand for a year and a half, eh? Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I like it here, so uh, no, we're gonna. We have a lot of activities planned already with the team, so looking forward to next year already. Thanks very much. Just to explain, uh, Alex uh, during the uh, pandemic got caught in New Zealand and stayed there a long time. Got got involved in motorsport there. I think John knows a lot more about that yeah, than I they, do. Yeah, they won a national championship, actually, whilst they were down there. Andrew, whilst you're still next to uh, Action Express, you might ask them how many tyres they put on that car. I think that last stop there was a timed stop uh, with their fuel um, to time it with just left-hand side tyres, and that's why they turned them around quicker. That probably saved them about 10 seconds. Now you fuel and tyre at the same time here, so if you're going to do that, then you just pull the fuel hose once the side tyres is on. I don't think they took fuel, full fuel there, Andrew. You might want to check. Thank you, Mr. Marriott. Whispering gently in my ear via the talk back there. Uh, we've spot on a sprint race now, two hours and 45 minutes. It's almost, and as we're behind the BMW M4 safety car, it's almost as if we're on a formation lap. It's getting quite dark outside now. There are very few lights around the circuit, although some of the corners are spot lit. Uh, two hours and 45 minutes exactly to go as the stragglers come in for uh, their spots. Let's uh, go back to Andrew for an update on that pit stop strategy there. We said in our Porsche keys to race, Andrew, track position was key. If they pulled a bit of a flanker here? Not two tyres, not four tyres. They took three. Wow. Three tyres. And then was that a time stop on the fuel, Andrew, as well? So yep, once they yep, were done, yep. they was just gone. Yes. Right. Very so interesting. Playing the strategy out here now. Yes. Very interesting. So we are about five minutes past official sunset. It will get dark very quickly. In about half an hour, it will be proper dark. It's that beautiful sort of twilight gloaming at the moment. Yeah, it has to be said, our TV cameras make things look a little brighter than they are. No, a lot brighter than they are, actually. The cloud has cleared that was over in the west. Our uh, uh, waning crescent moon is uh, on the rise over the top of the Michelin Bridge at the moment. It sort of hangs about and uh, drops down as it gets uh, up in the sky, up towards uh, the Fox Factory Bridge. Great chance for some good pictures from the bottom of turn 12 with the moon in the background there. So the pass around the final wave by has been initiated. 
at IMSA Radio if you'd like to be there. Hello to Josh, who says, this is my first time at Petite, and within five minutes of arriving, I already determined I'm going to go back every year. This has been so much fun. A very spectator-friendly track. And by the way, thanks to the racing blog uh, for spotting that uh, time stop for the number 31. Back to green flag racing. And down towards the first corner, Oliver Pla, Olivier Pla for the number 31 has taken the lead with that pit stop strategy. If you're just coming back to the race, a timed fuel stop, Jeremy, for that 31. That's a nice piece of the strategy there. They actually put three tyres on, not four, but as soon as the tyres were done, they did not wait for the fuel. They sent the car as soon as it was ready to go, and that's what put them at the front of the queue. And Oli Pla trying to make the best of his track position for the next three or four laps before he's in traffic. So track position, one of our portion keys to the race, certainly a factor there for wheel and engineering. And here's the strategy. People are starting to count back from the end of the race now, Jeremy, with effectively a sprint race on the clock now, two hours and 45 minutes as we went back to green. Indeed so. And um, just one second, let me just catch my breath here. So uh, the, uh, the last car to get the wave around there was uh, Jimmy Johnson, in the number 48 uh, Ally Cadillac. So that uh, number 48 goes back on the lead oh, well. lap now uh, and uh, able to able to fight uh, with everybody else. Uh, he didn't, wasn't able to quite catch up with the back of the pack when we went back to green, but uh, he is in, he's certainly in good shape there. And we've had six of the seven DPIs leading the race. It is only that 48 car that has not led the race overall. Well, I don't think we've had a chat with Oli Jarvis during the race. Let's put that right on the uh, Myershank Racing pit perch. Andrew Marriott has climbed up to speak to the tall Englishman. Yeah, and this is the tallest uh, pit perch there is in the whole uh, lane, I think, so we're well high up here. Oli, what a dogfight we've got going on here. Yeah, it's a tough race, I have to say. I mean, we struggled a little bit with the car in the heat, but I think the, the track's coming to us. But the 10's the found some pace from somewhere and it's it's going to be a, a hell of a fight to the flag. I suppose four or even five of you in it. Yeah, I, I think anyone. I think uh, the 48 is back on the lead lap. I think any anyone can win it. You know, you only need a, a safety car at the right or wrong time and it mixes things up. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of strategy, fuel saving and, you know, on-track battles to come. And uh, Whelan just did a stop. They just changed three tyres, not four. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh. The Wheeler car changed only three wheels, not four. Yeah, I think, they, uh, I think they've short-filled, so I, I expect them to, to stop a bit earlier. Gave them track position. Um, let's see if that's the right call at the end of the race. Is it easier to fuel save with your turbo engine is with their big uh, V8? No, I wouldn't say so. I think it's, you know, it's the same for all of us out there. It, it's very difficult, especially with the traffic, you know, to to try and fuel save. You get held up here, you lose three seconds in the S's and you know the car behind you is right on your tail. So I think we're, we're all trying to do the best we can with that and um, try and manage it. And I, you know, it could be crucial at the end of the race. 
Molly, thanks very much for your time. We'll uh, keep our fingers crossed for a British win, maybe. Thank you. Another British win. There's Alex Lynn in the battle as well. <laughs> Oh, so we're guaranteed a British win, is what you're saying, Andrew. Okay, fine. Hello, Chelsea. I know you'll be uh, uh, listening uh, either here at the track or back at home. Not sure if you've made the trip. Good day, Ollie Jarvis's voice. What a driver. And very well thought of, highly thought of at Audi. Did a lot of the development work for the uh, original Audi GT3, the R8. Co-opted into the uh, LMP1 team. Well, that was wound up and he's found employment in a number of places with the uh, GTPs and the LMDHs and the hypercars. I would not be surprised to see him pop up in the top class of either WEC or, or indeed IMSA next year. I know that uh, he would be an asset to... Uh, anybody's program and such a nice lad to talk to as well the tall fella Jeremy the, uh, the number 10 car in second position Ricky Taylor he's just set his far, that car's fastest lap of the race last time around on lap 303 we went green as we completed the 300th lap here with uh, 2000 it's now 2038 minutes remaining in this race and uh, there's uh, you know, all, all, well, six, the six surviving DPI cars, because we lost the number five car with a big crash earlier on. Uh, the other six cars, they're all back on the lead lap. Now, Jimmy Johnson's got quite a bit of ground to make up because he got the wave around. Then he came in to top off with fuel, yeah. and he wasn't able to catch up to the back of the field before we went back to green. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, but in uh, LMP2 now, with uh, pit stops during that caution period for the number eight and number 11. That's put, put JPM Juan Pablo Montoya into the lead of the class. He'd been chased in the number eight oh, car wow. by Rui Pinto de Andrade. And a new fastest lap in GTD for the fourth place car from Gradient Racing, Acura NSX GT3, a 120.440. It's a couple of tenths, I think, quicker than the previous best. That's Kevin Simpson in the number 66 car. That is a purple time, fastest lap in the overall uh, for GTD for Kevin Simpson in that uh, gradient car. That by by two thousandths of a second over oh. Tony owner over Tony Vlander. Frankly, if it's over That's Tony Vlander by the smallest of margins, I think that young man will be quite happy with that. Indeed. Even so. if he doesn't hold on to that, he'll. Uh, that's a feather in that cap, and clearly some pace in that car. And for Kai von Berlo, who improves to a 116.377 in the recovering Riley Motorsports number 74. Uh, they are a lap away from Sean Creech Motorsport and two laps away from the two leaders, being Junior 3 and Andretti Autosport. And with a couple of hours and more still on the clock, they are not out of it. Seeing a lot of bright colours on my timing screen here, Jeremy. People are using this cooler air. It has dropped a little, not massively in fairness, as Ollie Clark comes into the pits. This is the 31 car. Back into the pits. Now they sure fueled this car.
but this is too early. No, this well, they can get to, they can get from here to the eight-hour mark in the race. Ah, is that what? So doing? if there's another full course caution, and if if everybody to come in, I don't think they'd need to actually. Uh, but uh, if they were, then uh, this that would vault this car to the front. Uh, is, are the 31 in? Contention in the MEC. I'm not sure oh, they are. Uh, everybody's in contention right. with the MEC. They are fueling that car, and this is going to be a long fuel because mm -hmm. they short fueled at last time. The door is open, and there's no tyres. They only put three tyres on before. Well, this is an odd one for me. This is an odd strategy. Let's see what they do. They got the. Uh, position that's going to leave people scratching their heads are they in with a chance jeremy oh absolutely all right okay. oh yeah very much so yeah okay so yeah, there are only a couple of points well, out of the lead our uh, porsche keys to the race uh, michelin endurance points uh, that is 35 minutes away the tails away shot by the way overturn number two uh the of the top of two if you're looking up from the bottom of the hill where rooftop ray is on the camera cars silhouetted against the night or the evening sunset sky absolutely extraordinary look at the car i do like a good tails away shot uh, as i still add particularly on tv uh, sort of frowned on up until a few years ago very cinematic i always think but uh, i remember billy mccoy bringing it back in the uh, Marion Le Mans series days. That tails away shot. You really see the cars working. Particularly when they're going uphill and over that rise there at turn two. At Imsa Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, we will have hashtag Michelin PRT. Uh, once the checkered flag has flown, it ends the race and the championship season, but starts our conversation. The original user driven show in terms of the editorial you ask the questions make the points any points arising from this race or indeed the weekend we might as well throw in the season now since our last opportunity we will be continuing with midweek motorsport every wednesday the live show at three cent uh, three eastern and uh, eight uk Right, we've settled down a little bit now with uh, two hours and uh, a half to go. Let's go down to Andrew uh, in the pit lane. He's been hanging around the wind tail a bit for a little while. What's going uh, on, Andrew? Yeah, I was, but I came up to see if uh, Bla had got out of the car. He hadn't. But something I've just uh, intrigued me, they've got a very nice timing screen here. And I'm just looking, and the last time round, actually it's changed now, it's cycled through now, the fastest man out there was Juan Pablo Montoya in an LMP2 car. It was quicker than all the DPIs on the previous lap. 114.914. But it was 112 the lap, if he did 112 the lap before. Really, yes, 112.8 yeah. for Josh Pearson last time around. Yeah. So yes, Pearson was the last, the young lad, a teenager, uh, and a 111 for Oli Pla at that time. That's put it back right. But my goodness me, those P2 cars are finding a bit of pace there, Jeremy. And we, have you said before, three, four, five seconds can disappear uh, very easily in traffic, even from the DPI cars. Uh, in the classes, Semprio leads GTD for inception by six seconds over Turner Motorsport. The number 96 car just gone through with their fastest lap of the race, 120.994. Madison Snow is another 
Well, only half a second behind, actually, the two BMWs in lockstep there, and it's three seconds back. McKiffin Simpson has just put the fastest lap of GTD racing, 120.440, and he's just backed that up with a 120.752. So that was quicker than Robbie Foley in the BMW. That was that car's fastest lap of the race. Top six made up by Winwood, Marvin Dienst in the number 57 AMG GT4, GT3, excuse me, and Zachary Robichon for Wright Motorsport. Uh, blue number 16 car coming back into it. Been a quiet race for them so far. Only two seconds away in uh, sixth position. In GT Daytona Pro, to Pro class, Ben Barnicott uh, leads by second and a half. That is Vasa Sullivan Lexus from Faf Motorsport, the Plaid Porsche. They're back in it now as well with Tonio Garcia. Never won here at Petit Le Mans in the Corvette. He's another two seconds further back in third. Fourth, three quarters of a second away from the back of the vet is John Edwards in the number 25 BMW. Then the recent competizione uh, car. That is, uh, that's the Ferrari, of course. Not just a car, it's a Ferrari. Um, James Collado in the 62. He's another half a second further back. And then a bit of a gap to Tom Gamble uh, in the heart of racing. Aston Martin, seven-tenths of a second. Let's look at the uh, LMP category in fourth position. Kai Van Berlo is a couple of laps off the lead. No, he's only one lap off the lead now. Joao Barbosa, Sean Creech, Motorsport is 52 seconds behind third place. Junior 3 racing, Garrett Grist uh, in the 30 a Junior 3 car. He's 1.3 seconds behind Andretti Autosports. Gabby Chavez in the 36. The green, black and white car leads that category. And Shea is with his man who literally has his name over the door. Well, so does his co-drivers as well. But this is Jared Andretti. For Jared, this is a very odd position to be in because your job is done in this race. You're back in your street clothes already. This has to be the worst feeling in the world, the feeling of no control, but you trust Gabby and Josh to the end of this one. Is it Gabby into the end? Yeah, uh, we're not entirely sure right now. We just have to wait and see how the race plays out. I mean, this place is pretty physical, so it's tough to do a very long stints here. So, um, but we'll see. But yeah, you're right. It's pretty awful sitting on the pit box, just waiting and don't really know what to do. And I'm just watching that ticker count down. So, um, it's about a sprint race left to go, so it's still quite a while. Is there any way that you can disconnect from the race, or it's not in your blood? You have to pay attention to each lap. Yeah, I try to just go to the bathroom. I just keep, I just keep, and I walk to the far one, and then I walk back, and it kills like 10 minutes, so that feels good. And um, I guess I don't feel like anything bad can happen if I'm not watching. That's a, a good point. Uh, I mean, superstitious, yeah, but, you know, it, it's all for the driver, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess we're not, we're not the smartest group in the bunch, you know, uh, drivers aren't, typically aren't, so if that's what makes me feel better, that's what I'm going to do. Well, hey, I'll let you go for another lap. Thank you. Andrew Humari, it is back at Wayne Taylor uh, Racing. We'll check in with him in a moment, see if we can get a word with Wayne and see what they're feeling at the moment, currently leading the race in position to win the championship, but the gap between themselves and losing the championship or at least not winning it, is only five seconds. So Andrew just climbing up the steps down there. Under two and a half hours to go, and the night has come. Beautiful, beautiful pictures for those of you watching on our international TV feed. The sky going a much more indigo blue, sky blue earlier on, but still that little hint, the vestiges, the last vestiges of the 
daytime light out to the west, which are bright orange. Fabulous sky this evening. Great to see Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta absolutely packed to the gunnels with sports car fans. What an event was created by Dr. Don Panos 25 years ago. He'll be looking down and uh, there'll be a wee smile there, I'm sure, from Dr. P watching this event and what it's turned into. In fact, in fairness, it turned into a pretty big event fairly quickly, but to see it having continued and so consistently built the best in the world is superb. Let's go to Andrew at Wayne Taylor Racing with the boss. Wayne just taking his headset off. Wow. Yeah. Two and a half hours to go. You're about five or six seconds in the lead. And it's all to play for. You know, we had, obviously we had that unfortunate start to the race, but, um, you know, everybody is so competitive. It's, it, it comes down to um, track position. And sometimes, um, in, in, especially now in IMSA, where it's so bloody competitive, so many good drivers, that um, it's almost impossible to pass on the racetrack. So you've got to do a lot of strategy, and you've, you've basically got to make track position in the pit lane. Long so this is why I think we have such a great team and great drivers, because they, they do whatever we say. About 25 years ago, you came to me and you said, I've got my two boys, they're going to go racing, and uh, I wonder if you could recommend a karting team or something. God, you must be so proud of what they've achieved, both, both Jordan and Ricky. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the thing, the, the most amazing part about it is that most people certainly are impressed by their talent, but are more impressed by their personalities, and that's what I'm happy about. Um, they're just good, innocent, no egos. They just think their dad's got the biggest ego, and that they are just no egos. And they, and, and they really don't, and they just love what they do. And they do a superb job. I'm going to let you get back, put the headset back on, because there's a bit of cunning going to come up in the last few hours. Yeah, I've got a few hours to go. It's not over yet. Not over yet. He knows cunning. Oh, uh, yes. Mine, having said that, there's a few up and down the pit lane, Jeremy. We often say there's as much talent uh, on the pit wall as there is behind the wheel. And that was an interesting point that uh, Wayne made there. It is difficult to pass. These drivers are so evenly matched, and the cars, of course, are as well. So the strategy has to play a part. And with two and a half hours to go, they're already working out different scenarios. And, you do the same as everybody else and you're five seconds behind, you're going to stay five seconds behind, aren't you? Pretty much. Uh, you're right. And, 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 you know, strategy is such a huge part of these races. And, and it's not just aiming for the win at the end of the day or even uh, you're trying to win the, a, a the, the main championship. There's the Michelin Endurance Cup thrown in there as well. That's why we, another reason why we see all sorts of different strategies. It's a fascinating contest and uh, it's sort of a, a cat and mouse in some ways. And uh, you know you want you want to you're still looking towards those the, that final you know, hour or two of the race. So we're only 25 minutes away from the final two hours. So we're inside now the the uh, regular race distance. That being two hours and uh, 40 minutes. Um, and um, you know it's wide open and it has been all the way along. And uh, it's a great battle. Yeah, you know, one problem Montoya still leads an LMP2 class, which is uh, pretty cool. Attorney very competitive lap times. Yeah, very simple. Well, 
the LMP2 cars, quite frankly, are turning lap times not much slower than the DPIs. Uh, they really, uh, and Juan um, Pablo hasn't really pulled away much from Rui Pinto and De Andrade in the tower mode of car number eight. Uh, he's only he's less than six seconds behind him, uh, and Josh Pearson uh, is is matching their pace in that third place car number eleven. It's well, we, uh, pretty impressive. We've heard one side of the story in the championship battle, that from Wayne Taylor. What about Michael Shank? Yeah, well, I've just talked to uh, Wayne down there. Michael, it's your turn. Is this race going to be won on the track or between you two guys and the strategists? Strategists. It's going to be strategists. It's uh, really difficult for us right now, but we're uh, going to try to get these accurate, this accurate up front here, and uh, we're doing everything we can. It's been a very, very difficult race. Uh, I think I'll leave it with that for the moment. A very difficult race. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's uh, pulling one uh, over us. Um, it, it, Michael does look, look really strained, to be honest. Uh, I agree, Jeremy. And, and, you know, we can see down in the pit lane, we get shots from our fabulous production team. And thank you to them for the whole year from NASCAR Productions. All the camera feeds being sent up to Charlotte where they are being monitored by the production team and replay team it's fabulous tape apes and then we get the mix back down the fiber to us here in the Haggerty Global broadcast booth thank you for all your hard work everybody and particularly to our camera operators who have been out there uh, all day today in fact all week haven't they What a season it's been. They provide us with some great images and some of the almost sort of candid images from the pit lane RF cameras, the radio cameras. Show the strain on the faces of both Wayne Taylor and Michael Shank. Now, they've both raced the very highest level with their teams. Michael Shank at Indianapolis 500 as well as in the sports cars. Wayne Taylor, World Sports Car Championship. And they want this. They want this championship, Jeremy, don't they? They're both accurate teams, so there's a bit of internecine rivalry in some respect as well before we go into the GTP era. But there's no doubt in my mind that Wayne Taylor and Michael Shank, as individuals, never mind the rest of the team, they want this championship this year. Oh boy, they really do. I mean, it's your DPIs have, be, have become so iconic over the last uh, six, seven years. So um, they want to be the the, the the last winner of a DPI championship, not only for themselves, but the manufacturers as well, their sponsors necessarily. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's all hands on deck, you know, whatever they can do. For a while there, certainly the number 60 car was uh, trying to save some fuel. Uh, and that's worked out because it's now gone from fourth place to second place uh, during that last round of pit stops. The bad news is the number 10 car, as far as it's concerned, number 10 car, which is the, the other Acura, remains out front. Uh, I think the Cadillacs look to be maybe slightly quicker uh, overall, but you know the, the, it's the two Acuras out of the front of the field right now. They've done a really good job. Austin Hilliard racing at IMSA Radio saying, you could not fit another car in here, maybe a couple of motorbikes, but it'd be tight. Reckons there's over 60,000 fans on the grounds today, and a fabulous day for it still. Uh, a fairly temperate 18 Celsius, that's what, 64 Fahrenheit. 18 Celsius is a 
decent day in the summer back in the UK. That'd be shorts and t-shirt for me. Mm -hmm. And again, I do come from the northeast. Good to know you're here, at HR. Once again, Elio uh, Castroneves, he kind of you know, maintained pace with Ricky Taylor for the first few laps after the restart. Remember, of course, they started nose to tail. Um, well, after after number 31 car had came in, come, made its pit stop and come in uh, to take on fuel and tyres, um, that uh, gap between the two Accus has ballooned out now to over 12 seconds. Last time around, it was by more than three. This time around, Castroneves was a little bit quicker. But um, you know, 12 seconds inside a dozen laps. That's a second a lap, isn't it, on average? So he's got to try and stem that one. But again, still plenty of time to go. And there's still the potential, if they can keep getting that, that great fuel mileage, not probably to, to get one less stop than everybody else, but at least a quicker pit stop because they're going to need less fuel. Hello to uh, Tommy Milner. <laughs> he's just tweeted... It's taking to the boat now to stop feeling very weird watching Patilamon and just enjoying the race. It's not involved, of course, this year. And uh, hope to see you back in IMSA competition. Doing the WEC with Nick Tandy this year for Corvette in the uh, GT Le Mans category. Not sure where he is in the world at the moment. Presume he's at home in Virginia at the moment. Lauren and Eva. Uh, top six then, separated by just on a minute. Uh, check that. Yeah. It's quick for Oli Pla to come through. Yeah, a minute, two seconds. As they're working lap 321. GTD Pro, Ben Barnicott can't pull away from Matt Campbell. Vavasa Sullivan, number 14. Lexus RCF GT3 from the FAF Motorsports Porsche 911 GT3R. A lot of cars getting their final runs uh, in this race this weekend. The Porsche being one of them. There's a new version of that car coming out. We know about the DPIs, of course. Uh, the Ferrari 488 GT3, that'll be a 296 next year. My goodness, what a weapon that looks to be elements of prototype design in that car. Ferrari have spared nothing on that machine. And if you don't believe me, go and dig out the copy of race car engineering that uh, had it on the cover. I think it was maybe two months back. A really in-depth article. If you like the technical side of your motor racing, by the way, whether it's endurance, F1, NASCAR, or whatever, I heartily recommend at race car engineering it's a monthly publication out of the uk can't get it around the world and there's online subscriptions as well here comes the leader across and underneath us in traffic flash of the lights from ricky taylor pulls to the right hand side and goes through at turn one on the high class number 20 i think yes it was just have to go with your gut feeling sometimes in the darkness as to which cars are there. Problem is, so many of them now have had extra body panels or change of body panels. They're not always exactly the same livery as they started the race. That high-class car's got a black nose cone on, a completely carbon nose cone. 
from its uh, trials and tribulations earlier on. Juan Montoya for, dra for uh, Dragon Speed leading by about eight seconds, nine seconds from Rui Pinto to Andrade. The Tower Motorsport in the number eight car. Josh Pearson now another 21 seconds further back. That's LMP2. And Ricky Taylor with an 11 second lead on Elio Castro Neves. Those are the two cars battling for the championship. Seems in some ways rather fitting that they're at the top of the field, but Alex Lynn's not letting them get away. Just seven tenths of a second further back for oh, the best yeah. of the Cadillacs, the 0-2. And his teammate, yeah. Seb Bourdais, has closed up as well now. So the top four, Jeremy, within a dozen seconds of each other. Yeah, uh, and the gap between first and second has not only stabilised, it's come down a little bit the last few laps. 10.4 seconds now from Ricky Taylor to, to, to Elio Castroneves, the two Acuras. And as you say, the two... Uh, two Cadillac racing entries, uh, the 0-2 and 0-1 absolutely in lockstep with Elio Castro and Evers. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think, you know, they're not going to want to push the issue. They, they, they don't want to, I'm sure, affect the overall championship battle. They're not in that overall championship fight. Uh, now the Cadillacs is down purely to those two Acuras and, you know, that, that there's still plenty of time for strategies to play out and, and maybe make a pass, but was he, it's... Uh, yeah, Kachanev was working his way again there through some traffic. You know, this is really, uh, really intense racing right now. It's it, there's there's no place on this racetrack really you can take any sort of a breather. We're just on board here with, I think it's the, uh, it's one of the Cadillacs, I think, isn't it? The zero uh, one car of uh, Sebastian Bourdais and just weaving in and out of the the GT traffic or the other uh, slower LMP3 cars. Uh, and yeah, you've, got to, you've got to have total concentration all of the time. Oh, all of the time. I think this race, I talked to Johnny Morlam about this many years ago, uh, and he was very much of the mind that, that Petit Le Mans, because of the nature of the track alone, yeah. I mean, the track alone, driving it on your own, is not exactly, I mean, you've got the long back straight, but, it's concentration, but four yeah, or but five we, classes. Yeah. Add 42 of the cars, and my goodness me, you've got to have a head on a swivel. And by the way, these guys are racing at the same time. Let's just remind ourselves of that. It's not like they're just cruising around in formation. No, and uh, I think Jimmy Johnson now must be might be getting towards the end of the tyres, the uh, tyre life on the 48 car because the last few, few laps, it's he slipped back. Uh, well, wow, another four seconds on that last lap to uh, Sebastian Bourdais. And okay, Olivier Plas finally wound, found a way past. Who's that off the road? That is Alex Lynn off the road at the exit of the chicane. Yeah, and Bourdais gone through as well. That was turn 10 in, 10, 10 B at the bottom of the hill, as Jeremy said. Still a good crowd out on the amphitheater area down there. Themselves a little bit more wrapped up as the temperature just starts to fall. Uh, still blowing from the final corner down to turn one. Side by side as the AMG Mercedes has passed by the charging prototypes. Barely a moment's respite is there, Jeremy, when you're either being passed or passing. There's a skill to both of them. 
particularly if you're in a battle in a GT car, the last thing you want to do is lose two or three seconds letting one of the prototypes through. But by the same token, you don't want to be nerfed off. Yeah. Uh, Shea Adam about to go for a quick break before the end of the race. But before that, and before we welcome in uh, Nick Damon to the pit lane, uh, an update on the Liquid Molly number 96 BMW, Shea. It is officially nighttime as far as Turner is concerned because they have turned on the light board that goes over their boom. It says tacos and it lights up T-A-C-O-S and then with a little diagram below it, so it is officially flashing. And also up onto the wall, now the number 81 Dragon Speed crew is ready for their LMP2 car. That will be Seb Montoya's first time racing at night. But on the other end of the pit lane is our leader. And our leader has just stopped on his marks and Alex Lynn jumps out. And looks as fresh as a day, I have to say. And Earl Bamba has climbed into the car. And uh, fortunately, they're the same size, so no problems with seats. Alex walks uh, back and will take his helmet off. He's got his gloves off already. And then I'm going to uh, dive in with him. That's when he's got his helmet is coming off. Andrew, he had a little whoopsie uh, the lap before he came in down at turn 10. Lost the front end uh, of the car. Uh, and went through the gravel, uh, and I it, will uh, it be sounds to about that. Yes, you might want to ask him. Did he get a little tap? Because uh, Elio no. Castro Navas has been investigated by really? the uh, race control for that. And yeah. That could be that could be really important when it comes Alex, to the championship. Were you helped into the gravel then? Sorry. Were you helped into the gravel then? Do you think? Uh, no. Uh, to be honest, no. Tires are going away. I suppose at the end. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a shame we got stuck behind the 60. Uh, I think we had a lot more pace than that. But anyway, let's see. Uh, I think Earl will have a good outlap, so I think we can make the difference. This is a really tense battle, isn't it? It is. It is. I think we've got an extremely strong car. It's just how do we get ourselves to the front? It's very difficult in dirty air to uh, to do something. So uh, yeah, we're trying our best. So you're trying really hard to get past the. Uh the accurate, the wind was too much. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm giving it everything. It's just, uh, you know, these cars produce a lot of downforce. So um, yeah, it's tough in the dirty air. Thanks very much, Alex. Deserves a good rest. I'm very, very honest there. Race yeah. control are looking at that incident. I, I think it must be something separate, to be honest, John, because on that incident, uh, he just got it way sideways yeah. under braking. Uh, it was nothing to do with Castro Nevers. Uh, and uh, off uh, for the point, 31 as well, the wheel and Ollie Plarkart, the same yeah. point, he lost the back end as well. But, but rear tyres are starting to give up, Jeremy. Yeah, and after the number two car, uh, zero two car came in the pits, uh, Sebastian Bourdais in the zero one was able to get past Elio Castro and Evers. Ah. So finally, he has clear track ahead of him. Uh, 48 Ally Cadillac in the pit lane, brought in by Jimmy Johnson. I think we'll be getting out of the car here. Is that his second stint, Jeremy, or is he going on to his No, he's been, he's been around in there for a while. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure he'll be getting out. Great. Uh, Sebastian Montoya's just got underneath us in the 81 car. When I say that, I actually kind of not quite exactly underneath us. The pit lane is actually right underneath us for the support categories, the left hand, the original pit lane, the heritage pit lane, perhaps. We can... Uh, say that jimmy johnson did get out of the car and he's with andrew marriott now yeah jimmy's just uh, out of the car as you said just uh, organizes his gear 
Jimmy, that was tough at the end. I think the tyres were going away. Yeah, we uh, we didn't have a chance to catch up and really pack up with the guys and spotted those leaders just a ton of ground to come catch us. Um, you know, tires are going off a little bit, but uh, just trying to get our lap back and trying to pack back up didn't work out like we had hoped. Yeah, but well, you've done a phenomenal job, the uh, Ally Financial, haven't you, to get back on the pace? Yeah, we had a series of events cost us early when I was in the car on my second stint. Uh, a couple of penalties, uh, an issue with an, um, an air gun not working. Um, we've clawed our way back, and sadly we might be a lap down now, but with Kamui and Rockefeller, I think we'll be in good shape. Jimmy, racing, of course, you raced at Daytona on the uh, Rolex 24 in the dark, but it's much darker here, isn't it? Yeah, it's much darker, and there are few places to pass. There are choke points around the track that if you're not brave enough to make that pass, you get stuck and lose three to five seconds each time. Um, with the big wrecks that we saw earlier with guys shooting gaps, I was probably a little more tentative than I needed to be. Great, thanks. Well, we hope to see you at the Rolex next year. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, he didn't say no, did he? Excellent. Jimmy Johnson, his work is done for this evening into Tower Motorsport. Coming in out the lead, actually, for Rui Pinto to Entrad. Yeah. Uh, in that number eight car. Yeah, the number 81 car was in a couple of laps ago. So the eight and the 11 in now on lap 326. They were se second and third, of course. They've inherited first and second. Uh, but Seb Montoya will come back through. Sebastian Montoya will come back through in the 81 Dragon Speed car in a moment or two. He's in a bit of traffic at the moment coming down to 10A. He's got a huge amount of. LMP3 and GT3's right ahead of him. Now comes around to the start-finish line and goes back into the lead of the class uh, now as he goes through. Two Sebs leaving classes at the moment. Sebastian and two uh, multi-generational drivers, actually, as well. Sebastian Montoya leading LMP2 and Sebastian Priol in GTD. It's a shame we didn't have uh, Sebastian Bourdier leading overall. He's come in to the pits and got out of the car at the moment. Uh, and Renga van der Sander has replaced him in the 0-1 Cadillac. Tom Blomqvist goes out in the number 60 Mayshank Racing with Kerbagajani and Acura. And in from the lead, Ricky Taylor in the number 10 car. set of tyres going on that car. Ricky is out of the car. And driver change going smoothly. Oh, now they're just taking... Ah, oh, no, they were taking a windscreen film off the front of the car. A little bit of uh, brake heat. And away goes that number 10 straight out off the pit lane speed limiter. It was Philippe Albuquerque, by the way, who got in that car with the multicoloured helmet. So what do you reckon, Jeremy? I mean, really hard to say who's got any advantage at the moment. It's going to come down to... This might come down to who saves a bit of fuel before the last fuel stop, and therefore who has the shortest last stop. Oh, that's right. I mean, that's, yeah, I said that a while ago. That uh, seems to be the what the number 60 car is trying yeah, to do here. I agree. Uh, yeah, Tom Blomquist is now taken over from Elio Castroneves uh, in that car. And um, 
he put, he put the hammer down in qualifying yesterday. He's going to have to do the same now as well. He's uh, currently what? Oh well, we, we're still waiting to see where Albuquerque comes out on the racetrack in relation to the number 60 car. As we are just four minutes away from the eight-hour mark in nice. the race. Hello, Dick Dot, Gordon Dickit. Says uh, before the race is done. Thank you to the whole team for the live streams and commentary throughout the year. Well, Gordon, thank you for all the name checks, particularly for the on-air staff. But uh, as the responsible adult, I think has uh, already said, this takes a huge amount of effort from very many people, uh, more than just the ones you hear and see on the majority of our broadcasts. We add extra people like Nick and Andrew to the longer races, Johnny Palmer, uh, Bruce Jones, Joe Bradley have all been involved uh, this year. But aside from the voices uh, that you hear, it is a massive undertaking to be able to bring you these uh, races live throughout the IMSA year. And we simply couldn't do it without the help, first and foremost, of IMSA. It's a co-production between Radio Show Limited and IMSA and our technical staff, RSL producers and technicians in London, in our main control room, under the watchful eye of our exec producer, Tim Gray, Curry, Q, Rob, who've all been involved this year. The IMSA technical team on site who run cables and fiber, and the NASCAR productions team as well. Big spin for the number three. Oh my goodness, more drama for Corvette and Petit Le Mans. They've been running so well. That was third position for Tonio Garcia and he's gone around, he's dropped two positions already. That was really tight for set for third, fourth and fifth there. At the exit of turn 10B, now there was traffic in there and uh, that was the Risi Competizione and Collados turned him around. That's the bump and run. And actually, he had thought he'd been taught that by law enforcement. That was an absolutely perfect tap on the rear quarter to turn it around. I'm being facetious, of course. I'm sure it, it wasn't deliberate, but Collado was up the inside there and he wasn't close enough in that racing competition car. Great save by Tonio Garcia clicking down the gearbox and getting it pointing in the right direction from drivers left on turn 10B. The number 60 car, by the way, has got a, a, a warning for blocking. I'm pretty sure that would have been when Elio Castroneves was driving that car before he's handed it over to uh, Tom Blomquist now. but uh, right in front of the uh, number 31 yeah, as well, the car. wheeling Cadillac. And yeah, I, wonder why that, I wonder why that car lost some ground on that lap uh, because uh, he, he was sold the hot tyres and number 10 car just come out of the pits, retained the lead, by the way, uh, during that pit stop, did the number 10 car, uh, and he's actually extended it now by quite a margin. He's now nearly 13 seconds ahead of Oli Pla, and it's not working out for Maya Shank no. Racing right now because that guy's back in fifth position, uh, so they've gone from second to fifth after that round of pit stops. Wow. Just to quickly finish off uh, the note to... Uh, guys who were saying thank you it was Gordon wasn't it um, I, I missed out oh, I didn't miss out I didn't have the chance there with that to mention the whole team up in Charlotte as well of course there's a tech team on site including our camera operators 
but the team up in Charlotte, Jim Nabti on audio, all the production staff, uh, Keith, D'Alessandro, Alyssa, and many, many more who make sure that here at the track we can see all the way around. And even when we aren't all at the track, um, we work together to be able to get our audio back to the track and the local radio and the Sirius XM, by the way, we should mention as well, for giving us space on that there. Airwaves as well, their platform. So a huge team effort, Gordon. It's much appreciated. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for the support across the year. The responsible adult uh, would remind me we can't do this without our commercial partners. You know who they are. Uh, they uh, do far more uh, than uh, just invest in the service, give us special access. It's been work, working through the year on special programs for our partners, so Porsche Mazda, Michelin, VP Racing Fuels, Visit Cayman Islands and all they're all there on the imsaradio.com site. We're coming into the last two hours. Uh, Rob up in London, big fan of this form of racing. He'll be getting excited. Sirius XM 207, 98.1 FM, Road Atlanta Radio, and around the world on RS2, sound and vision at imsaradio.com via the live video feed. This is the 2022 season finale for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship live from Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta. <laughs> 